Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Where do we pick up from? Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. Get on, we get on a, uh, we get on a gentleman's clubs. Oh. You know you like those. Oh, hey, I'm ready for Mickey Mouse now. It is now. Devolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan. Yeah. There's the kitty cats, so you know it's time for hour two of the Sinner and the Saint right here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. No, Luke, today he's in Texas buying a cowboy hat and boots. So you've got the Beaver Brothers. So you got the Beaver Brothers when Andy darkens. Related by blood, we are brothers. We have the same mother. We had to think for a minute, but we do also have the same father, so that's good. Who's the older brother? I think it's you. And yes. it's not by much. It's about two and a half years. Yep. Yeah. If you missed any of the first hour, go back to 1080thefan.com. Com. Click on the podcast link at the top of the page, and you're going to find us and all the other great shows that are on this radio station. And also, if you have yourself the radio.com app, you can listen there. 1080thefan.com. In the first hour, we had ourselves a lot of talk about Summer League and all that kind of stuff, uh, but also kind of just, uh, you know, Going off here on the last topic we had about somebody throwing a snake. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw the movie Black Snake Pole Vaulting on Cinemax the other night. Thank you, Sam. Uh, it's always good to hear uh, what you are uh, watching there. Uh, Andy's checking a voicemail right now. Again, this is just part of the whole uh, radio training. If you didn't hear, Mr. Mike Wheeler is not going to be playing in uh, in the booth. He's gone. Mike Wheeler gone. Wheels. It's a big loss. I grew up with him. Did you really? Boom shakalaka. Ooh, that was nasty. Do it till you're satisfied. Brian Wheeler, by the way. Sorry, I called him Mike. He's He's a legend, and... He'll be missed. And I uh, i mean, when I think Trailblazers, 
um, his voice comes to mind. Uh, so this is coming from the uh, Trailblazers himself, the longtime voice of Rip City will not return as the team's radio play-by-play broadcaster next season. Uh, it was announced today by the team's CEO, Chris McGowan. Uh, really, it looks like there's really no replacement as of yet. Um, Brian Wheeler was one of those guys where, as you listen to him, you just started to get more excited. Uh, he had this ability to really draw you into the game, and I guess that's what really does make a great uh, radio play-by-play announcer. But he was able to really put a great amount of urgency into everything that was going on. And it really reminds me, actually, of Kevin Calabro when he was doing the national games for ESPN on the radio before he became the Trailblazers TV uh, play-by-play guy. But, you know, Brian Wheeler just had this ability to draw you into a game immediately once you turn the dial on. Well, and his tone and voice matched the atmosphere and mood of the game. If the Blazers were up, he was up. If um, we were struggling and getting bad calls you could sense his frustration as well. And I think that's a challenge for radio and broadcasting a game is how do you reflect um, what's happening right in front of you with only your voice? And that's why he was a master. Um, Yeah, I think one of the hardest parts too with radio broadcasting is the idea that you have to play off of somebody else most of the time. Now, I I will... I don't think this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but once they got rid of uh, Antonio Harvey, it uh, just kind of went downhill, to be quite honest. Uh, Wheeler's one of those guys that I think that he needs somebody to play off of, and um, honestly, I think it was a bit too much to ask to have him do just a one-person uh, booth for that. And basketball is one of those sports where on the radio it is, you could arguably say sometimes better than it is on TV. Baseball is definitely that, I would say, that uh, listening to a baseball game on the radio is really better than TV because you can actually go do other stuff while you know listening to a four-hour broadcast. Basketball, still great to go watch a t- uh, game on TV, but it's awesome to listen to one in the car. Football, football on the radio to me is one of those things where I'll listen to it if I have to. But again, I go back to Wheeler just saying that like when it was him – and Harvey, it was so good, man. They played off of each other so well. And let's not forget, Wheeler came in under difficult circumstances. You know, they pushed out Bill Shonley, and it wasn't an easy start for him to get going. But Rip City, like it so often does, embraced him with open arms and big hearts. Actually, have your Oscar sitting in here. <laughs> so I, mean, I shined it and everything. It's all ready for you. Well, but this, you know, this move opens up speculation for who's next. Um, who's going to become the next voice of the Blazers? Well, somebody's already chiming in here, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Saying five t- five three zero oh, five, better yeah. you today. Text line. Mike we want to hear Mike. from you. Mike and Mike. Somebody's already saying it's time to bring back Mike and Mike. Now, my problem with Mike and Mike wasn't so much Mike. It was Mike. Uh, That's Mike Rice. Uh, Mike Rice, you could kind of tell around the third quarter he was drunk. Um, And actually, I'm being very loose when I say kind of. You could tell Mike Rice was drunk by the third quarter. It wasn't very difficult. He was slurring his words a little bit, and he'd kind of go into space uh, in terms of talking about certain things. Uh, 
but I, I don't think I would like either of those guys. I'd almost like a former player to get in there to do some color. Like, if you could give me Clyde, that would be pretty cool. Right. Dude, Clyde the Glide's all right. What qualities are you looking for in a play-by-play guy? Well, again, he has to be somebody like Wheeler who creates... Why does it have to be a he, Will? Oh, you're saying you'd like a uh, a woman. You could do Brooke Olsen, Dam. She's pretty good. She's good. But, sorry, you were saying, what are the qualities you're looking for in a broadcaster? Well, again, he has to make some type of... Um, he has to make some type of urgency. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. there has to be something that when I listen to it, no matter what, even if it's the third quarter, uh, you know, with eight minutes left in the game, you're drawing me in immediately. Now, I didn't really have the pleasure of listening to one Bill Shonley during my lifetime. I was probably too young. Uh, I know he was still announcing when I was alive, but I might have been two or three years old. So I never really had the pleasure of experiencing the Bill Shonley experience. But a lot of people uh, who are older will t- attest to it that he was one of the better play-by-play guys. I just, uh, to me, it's like, you know... I feel like I need a guy where I feel like I can kind of go on that NBA journey of a season with him. You know what I mean? Like each week I don't really have to catch up on what's going on because I feel like there's that direct connection that I'm having with the play by play guy. And I don't know, you know, the trailblazers, they uh, dumped Mike and Mike and they went with a new TV crew and they went with uh, what you might call an outside hire really because uh, Clabro was working for ESPN at the time. Um, but, and Beaver Lamar Heard. Yeah, that's right. Beaver Lamar Heard. I do enjoy Beaver Lamar Heard. I think they're kind of growing into each other. It's it, it's getting a lot better. I know the first season was kind of weird, uh, but Calabro's kind of lightening up now. Um, I think when you do national games, right, you kind of have to have a voice about you that's authoritarian and also just you know more polished. But when you're in a local market, man, people want personality. I mean, that's why people love Mike Rice so much because he was kind of fumbling in a certain sense. I got the sense from Calabro that he was condescending towards Hurd. I didn't much appreciate it or like it. Really? Yeah. Somebody's saying Jason Swigard. Yeah, isn't that his Swigard's cell phone that he's texting in on? Oh, yeah, it is. It's weird. weird. Why is he doing that? Uh, five, five, three, zero, five. We'd like to hear your suggestions of who would be the next Blazers play by play radio announcer. Um, and I, I think you got to go outside the box on this one. And, um, you wouldn't want a former player. I'm kind of thinking to the next slot. Like you wouldn't want a former player, uh, blazer as your color guy. Well, I'm with you on the local component. You want someone that's connected to the area, understands the Northwest, has some roots here. But I don't know that you necessarily need to go the sports route. Oh, I, don't go Dennis Miller on me. I'm not saying Dennis Miller, but what I am saying is Daria O'Neill of KNRK. She's a yeah, she prominent... Doesn't she doesn't work here. Anymore. She's a, a prominent voice. She doesn't work here. She's not on the radio anymore. She's a She was a prominent voice in Portland radio. You want to talk about somebody that our generation, the millennial generation grew up with. I, I grew up listening to Daria on KNRK in the morning. She's witty. She's funny. She's, she's out of work. Clever. Looking for a job. I'm a huge fan. I of have Daria a, O'Neill. I have a, uh, I have a bomb here for you. Are you ready? Yeah. And it's not really so much of a bomb. I just don't know why nobody suggested it yet. The Walton. Oh, he wouldn't do that. Oh, really? No way. He's got other stuff to do. He doesn't want to call a season. Dude. 
a whole season. He loves doing that stuff, though, and he's so great on TV, he would be even better on radio, I, I think. I think radio would be a, a demotion for... Pop no, Pop. not so much. I, I mean, he's getting older, too. I think, I think about the fact that with radio... Uh, you only have one medium that you really need to work in. With TV, you know, as a play-by-play guy or anybody that's on camera, you have to do more. You have to, you know, you have to do your stand-ups. You have to get in makeup. You have to kind of present yourself and be moving all the time. In radio, it's you get off the plane, you sit in the booth, and everything's in front of you. Here we go. You can roll in in sweats. Yes, you can definitely roll in in sweats. And I would like to think that Wheeler wore sweats under the table. I, I mean... I don't know why you wouldn't. That's the same thing. I'll, I'll tell you right now. I never saw anybody wear sweats when I worked at Fox 12, which disappointed me because I kind of thought the anchors would do that behind the desk, but they all wore suits. I get it. I get it. You want to encourage a air of professionalism. It makes sense. Somebody's suggesting uh, Joel Prisbilla. If you've ever seen an interview with him, uh, you might change your mind. He was, uh, in fact, the vanilla gorilla, but he was also very vanilla on air. Thank you. Thank you. Jim. Thank you. I'll be here for what about 45 minutes. Jimmy from Camby. Play-by-play is hard. You are talking about analists. Okay, clean it up, man. Come on. God. Did they really say that? These listeners. All right. Coming up next, let us dive a little bit into what was the MLB All-Star Game. That did happen this past week, and there was something about it that didn't have really anything to do about what was on the field, but more what was in everybody's homes. You got the Sitter and the Saint All Beaver Bros edition on 1080 The Fan, Portland's sports leader. Five five three zero five is the debtor you today text line dovetailing off of our discussion. Who should be the next Trailblazers play-by-play radio broadcaster? This is coming off the news that Brian Wheeler will no longer hold that position. Somebody's saying Bonzi Wells. Bonzi Wells is an interesting pick because we actually had him on uh, Dirt and Sprague, I think like a month ago. I listened to that. Yeah, he was good. It was interesting because Bonzi's one of those guys where his time in Portland and also his leave of Portland will kind of stung people. Everybody kind of looks back at the Bonzi Well years, Bonzi Wells years as like, you know, eh, that was an iffy time in Trailblazers history. We did have the great 2001 season where we almost went to the finals, if not for blowing a 15 point lead. But I mean, I don't know. I might take that not as a play by play, of course, but. Who do you team Bonzi Wells up with? He's Jason, your Jason Quick. Oh God, I love Jason Quick. Yeah, he is my fave. I think Quick would be too snide though. <laughs> no way, he tells it like it is. I know, but that might be a problem. See, that's the thing. As a broadcaster, you have to be, you know, in that position. You kind of have to like kiss it up a bit. You know what I mean? Kiss it. Like you gotta, you gotta play to the team. Uh, and that's one of the things that would make it incredibly hard, I feel like, for me to be a play-by-play for any team whatsoever because you want to take a look, a, a clear look at the team. You want to give an honest look at it. But, you know, as Isaac Rob proved, uh, you know, in his short time, technically working for NBC Sports Northwest, really the Trailblazers, that, 
you know, if they don't like what you say about the team, you're gone. So it's kind of this weird position you have to be in. I don't know. And would Bonzi want to be with Quick? Here's how you break it up. You bring in Daria. Yeah, I think Three you got I think you got to you got to get off that train. I'm down. She's not even in radio anymore. Well, it's temporary. We don't know if she's coming back Yeah, or it's not. been 2 years of temporary. <laughs> on the beach. You know what that means? It means you're unemployed in broadcasting. When you say on the beach. Yeah, yeah, he's on the beach. He's on the beach. I might be on the beach after the show. How's it going so far? Are we doing all right? I'd like to think we're doing okay. Now, I haven't gotten any uh, texts or calls from my superiors, which says to me, one, they're probably not listening. Two, um, Yet. yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing okay, I think. The, I mean, you, you had some very hot takes, some spicy takes, some Indian the next day takes. Like, ouch. Well... I guess this rule that you can't make fun of the sponsors. Yeah, we can't do that. All no. right. Yeah, right. you got to shut that down right now. Uh, the MLB, that's the Major League Baseball, uh, baseball. They had their All-Star game this past week, and it ended in a 4-3 victory for the American League, but that's not really the lead here. The lead is that... Tuesday night in Cleveland had a 5.0 rating and 11 share on Fox, uh, according to Nielsen Research. Now, just as a number, you'd probably think to yourself, okay, I don't care. What does that mean? Well, uh, that's a record low television rating. Ouch. Uh, That is down from the previous record low rating of 5.2 and 8.69 million viewers for the AL's 8-6-10 winning victory last year. Again, just for kind of uh, comparison, 5.0, uh, 5.2. So again, we're seeing this very, very slippery slide going on with baseball. Now, I don't want to say this correlates directly with the other story that popped up last month, which was baseball attendance numbers are continuing to drop at a steady pace each year. But it does beg the question is baseball culturally relevant anymore in the United States? Well, is it just because of the all-star game or are we seeing a bigger pattern here? Because I, an all-star game doesn't get me excited or fired up. It is fair to point out that ratings for all major sports all-star games are going down. There. Why is that? Uh, because of the point you just made, which really is that all-star games, for the most part, players have started to take a um, what you would call a career viewpoint of it, meaning that I don't know if I really want to play my hardest and put myself in harm's way for a game that really doesn't mean anything for my career, um, where I could get hurt, and if I do get hurt, now I'm losing money. Uh, that's especially true with the Pro Bowl for the NFL, which has just become unwatchable because uh, really there's an unspoken rule between the offensive and defensive line of, hey, man, I'm going to back up here. Please don't cause a lot of trouble. Let's not sack the quarterback unless he's going to get out of the pocket kind of thing. Do, but do the fans deserve better than that? For baseball? 
for sports. any of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of up to you as a fan to figure that out yourself. And I think that's kind of where we are now is that the fans have spoken. Obviously, uh, they don't want to see it and they don't want to watch it. And I, I wouldn't point this out for baseball if it wasn't for the fact that there was that other news story last month that, again, we have this correlation we draw. There's record low attendance for baseball games. Now, that could be because of any number of factors, right? It couldn't be because, you know, we can't just put it on the fact that maybe people don't like baseball. Maybe it's the fact that more people are starting to become uh, more attached to their phones. And so the type of media that they want to consume is more through highlights they can find on social media apps like Twitter or uh, TikTok. But it's it's something interesting to compare because, you know, this is a city right now in Portland where we are really making a huge push for a Major League Baseball team. We want MLB to Portland. But you look at these numbers and you say, would MLB to Portland really be sustainable? I don't know. Well, part of it, they're they're going to have a smaller stadium. I think 35,000 people mm-hmm. is what's projected. So maybe they're, you know, kind of shooting low. Um what effect would a MLB team here have on the Portland Timbers? Uh, hopefully huge. Meaning? Like the Timbers wouldn't be anymore. <laughs> it would be awesome. I I mean, you're going to open Pandora's box here, which is basically my my whole opinion. Timbers games are street fairs. Well, they are. It's a street fair. You get to go. You get to have fun. You're really not paying attention to what's going on on the field. You're just having a great time. And I think the num- the uh, the television rating numbers for Timbers games and MLS games should indicate that because they are disgustingly low. You think these are low ratings? MLS games, I don't know if there's anyone watching. But they sell that sucker out. They every sell it out. Hey. And they're rebuilding the stadium. That's great. They have, packed, they have packed street fairs. Trust me. There's some street fairs that a lot of people go to. The other thing about the Timbers is that there's a lot of games on the West Coast where they don't take a plane because they can't afford it, and so they bus them. No kidding. Now, that to me is an indication that you are running on low funds. You are trying to cut back wherever you can. You better be careful, fella. This is Soccer City, USA. <laughs> You I don't might know. have somebody waiting at your Prius. I don't think. Well, out. nobody's going to get at my Prius. I'm saving the planet. You are too. We both have Priuses. Thank you. The Beaver Brothers and them Prius boys. Yeah. Oh, it's them Prius boys. It <laughs> <laughs> does make us sound a little tougher, I guess. It sounds like Duke's a hazard. The Prius boys? Yeah. Like we're always getting into some type of trouble? Yeah. Yeah. Like them get- Prius boys are going to the ice rally again. <laughs> Or they forget to take their composting out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be more trouble for other people. Like, like we'd go to businesses and like, like redo their recycling or something. Like trouble that's good natured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's enough Prius talk. Five five three zero five is a better you today text line. My interest in Major League Baseball started to wane with all of the performance-enhancing drug scandals. I just got tired of watching machines out there. The game didn't feel fair anymore, and I lost interest. I grew up a die-hard fan. That's interesting because we are pretty far removed from the steroid scandal, which most people kind of tend to believe at least officially ended. I know a lot of people still get popped for steroids these days, but... Uh, with Barry Bonds' retirement. He was kind of the last holdout of that 90s era of 
people who just continually denied the fact they were taking steroids. If you go take a look at pictures of Barry Bonds in the 90s to the 2000s, uh, it's incredible how much a person's head can grow. Uh, literally, his head is massive. Well, and that whole scandal tainted a important era of Major League Baseball where interest was at its peak. And to have that stain kind of follow you around sure doesn't encourage <clears throat> new viewers. No. Well, and I, I think the other part of the whole steroid scandal that really kind of drew out and made things worse were the, um, were the Senate hearings, which was interesting that they even had Senate hearings about it. That, that to me was one of the most ridiculous things ever. And I'm well, not trying to, they're controlled substances. Well, I understand that, but at the same time, and it's it, interstate commerce and it's, it's big business. I mean, I, 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 I don't disagree. That was the government's business to look into and, but it's a private business. It's a private, uh, I mean, that's the thing I think people don't understand half the time when it comes to sports is that they think it's the rule, it's the, the uh, rule of the land, right? The law of the land um, when it comes to these leagues like the NFL. You know, when the whole Ray Rice thing happened, everybody was treating it, though people should have been overreacting about it, obviously, but everybody was treating it as something that, you know, like the government should get involved. Well, no, actually, the NFL is a private business with a bunch of, a bunch of employees and they're going to handle things the way they want to handle it. And of course they handled it awful because the NFL sucks at that. But that's kind of why I thought the whole Senate hearing was ridiculous because again, major league baseball is a, it's a, it's a private company it has a lot of employees, a lot of different divisions, but it's a private company. Nonetheless, it's a catch 22 to MLS ratings. It's always some silly channel, hardly the big ones. I would like to see the ESPN ratings for games. That's Ryan. Ryan, I'd suggest you start spelling your name R-Y-A-N, not R-I-A-N. But you do have a valid point. Well, that's a different Ryan. That's artsy Ryan. P1 Ryan, he spells it with a Y. Got it. Which, by the way, if you do spell your name R-I-A-N, you need to change it. That's, I think that's a feminine, Ryan. Well, no, that's like a, you know, I want attention, Ryan. I'm not like any that other. Ryan didn't pick his name. Ryan's parents did. You can change your name, Ryan. You can change it. You can change it. All right, coming up next, fans packed. New York City's Canyon of Heroes on Wednesday. It's a blizzard of confetti for the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. The message that they had and that a bunch of people started to have on Twitter once they saw a celebration video, which was absolutely ridiculous. You got more Sinner and the Saint Beaver Brothers edition right here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. But first... Here's some news. Phil Darkins here with you along with my brother, Andy Darkins. I love you, Will. And his his Cliff Bar. Just currently being chewed. Again, that broadcaster handbook I gave him before the show was not read. He didn't understand that you probably don't want to eat while you're on air. You live and you learn. Um... So the World Cup, the Women's World Cup, it ended last weekend. The U.S. won. I don't know if you knew that. Actually, yes, sir. Yeah, you're a big you're a big Patriot guy. Like you love it when 
You love the Olympics. You love anything that has to do with like America winning in a sporting event against the world, right? That's right. Yeah, you're you're big time into that. I myself, yeah, it's entertaining sometimes. So America did win. America uh, also, after their big win, um, decided to celebrate on the field out there in France. It's pretty sweet, dancing around, having a great time. There's a video circulating right now, though, on Twitter. Which, um, needless to say, is uh, disheartening that we have to have the conversation, but it's there already. Uh, the players are starting to dance, and they were holding up the American flag. Of course, in their assignment, they accidentally dropped the American flag. And for maybe one and a half seconds, they step on the flag, and then another player picks it up. Well, this very small clip got rolled around on Twitter, and uh, now a bunch of Patriot bros are basically saying the U.S. women's soccer team hates America because they're stomping on the flag. So it's a situation of Internet trolls saying, how can we make this into something about us, not them? It's an excuse to exercise misogyny. Yes, very much and to, so. And to put down um, winning women. Yes, winning women and also uh, the mouthpiece of this incredible team, Megan Rapino, uh, And I think it all kind of adds up to the idea that, you know, everybody is basically hoping that this World Cup win, and they've done this for the past, uh, you know, however many times they've won the World Cup, they do this every single time after the win. They say, hopefully this is the moment that we will now focus on female sports, not just soccer, women's soccer, but female sports, women in sports. And here we are on July 13th, Saturday, uh, just under a week from it, and we have heard nothing of this anymore. They tried to keep it going with the parade in New York City. They kept it going even further with the ESPYs and their appearance there, which was hilarious because you could tell they were they had all been partying for like three days, and they just looked like they were absolutely still loving it. But it just kind of goes back to this whole thing of it's a struggle of where we want to support these women and we want to support these athletes more. But at the same time, we understand that there's a better product out there. Um, and it's in Europe. It's Premier League soccer. And I don't want to make this into a we don't watch the sport because it's women. I want to make it into a thing of we don't watch it because there's something out there that's better. And it's the same thing with the MLS. The MLS is a really kind of, I don't know, it's made up of players that were American-born, but also European players that either couldn't make it in Premier League or were past their age and decided to just kind of call it in and take a bunch of, of money. David Beckham was the perfect example for the LA Galaxy. Towards the end of his career, he took an incredibly huge contract with the LA Galaxy uh, and, you know, was pretty terrible for the rest of his time there. Uh, but you know, to me, I just think that when you have a better product that's out there in terms of sports, people are going to want to watch it. It's the same reason that more people watch, um, regular season, major league baseball games than they do college baseball games. Because if you've ever watched a college baseball game, it kind of sucks. The pitchers aren't great. They get on base sometimes, but for the most part, it's kind of slow and clunky. Well, here's the deal. It's, it's, I would argue not better, just different. And when it comes to baseball, anyway, there 
isn't the same kind of allegiance and passion for college baseball that there is for major league baseball because of how the draft is structured and the best players generally go straight to the MLB rather than hang around in college. So when it comes to soccer, and we're talking about women's soccer, um, one interesting development this week was Anheuser-Busch signing up to sponsor um, the NWSL, the Women's Professional League. So there's actually some big money behind it. And it does appear that perhaps there's some momentum building for women's soccer. Yes, I totally agree with you in that sense. That Coming up next on NPR. Are you trying to do that? I'm trying to put together a cohesive <laughs> argument and a serious argument for a serious radio station. Well, I understand you are, but you sound like you, we're, we're on a uh, NPR podcast right now. Well, dream big, maybe, or act the part. And then he came into the room, and I shuddered. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. <laughs> um, you know, the whole anomaly with this theory that I have, which I recognize is college sports, right? Um, most particularly college football. Um, you could argue there's more fanfare for college football than there is pro football. You could. There's more money in pro football, obviously. But, man it gets pretty close, pretty down to the wire when you really think about with college football, man. I mean, there is some real passion out there for that. I understand that if you're a Cowboys fan, you're a Cowboys fan for life, but it seems like college football has avoided the mar of CTE and concussion talk that the NFL is taking on because you and I as former players, you know, we can speak to the fact you get concussions in college football. You do. It's not just relegated to pro football. In fact, you get them in high school, too. But for some reason, college football plays on that whole kind of nostalgia that people have about their old universities or really just younger guys playing the sport, 18, 19, 20-year-olds out there playing the sport and doing it for, I'm holding up my air quotes here, uh, you know, for the love of the sport and not getting paid. But I think that's the only one that I can think of that really kind of maybe passes that barrier. When I think about college football, it's not as, or I'm sorry, college basketball, it's really not as entertaining as the NBA. And I've said this many times on this show before is the whole fact that, uh, you know, college basketball, I'm sorry, you have to be blind if you watch one of those games and then you watch the NBA and you don't think the NBA is more entertaining. Totally agree. And yes, Will, I am a former college football player. Um, College football right now is mired in the should we pay them scandal. Uh, yeah, in California. So th California came out with that new thing. That, What's the new thing? Well, they're trying to pass legislation to allow it so players in California, again, repeat, in California can make profit off of their likeness. And where is it headed? Uh, it's kind of in a stone wall right now. Okay. But it's also raising the argument of... Um, that sure makes recruiting to yeah. California schools that much more attractive. Yeah, and uh, somebody had made a really good point on ESPN uh, radio the other week about, um, you know, if that does go through, you better believe that Nick Saban is going to talk to some uh, people in the Alabama Senate about passing a similar bill to try to get the edge because that really will be an edge if you as an 18-year-old go, 
oh, you mean me, the number one recruit in the country, can go to USC, which, by the way, is arguably one of the top five biggest markets in the country for college football and make money before I go to the NFL? Yeah, okay, yes. Fine. I can have my own bobblehead before I play a day in the league. Deal. I can have my own flavor of all sport. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to put me on the cover of Fruit Loops? <laughs> Sign me up. Follow your nose to the uh, end zone. Biggest plot lines that you're watching for this season in college football. Ooh. Uh, I think if we're thinking locally, I want to go Heisman race because I want to see if Justin Herbert can maintain that kind of lead position right now. There's a bunch of media outlets that kind of just put him, you know, squarely in position for first place in the Heisman. Again, it is very early. We're not even at August yet, but... Uh, a lot of uh, media outlets do kind of assume him to be the uh, the Heisman front runner right now. I also feel like this is going to be a season for the Pac-12, and uh, this is going to be kind of your put up or shut up season. This is redemption. Can they redeem themselves after last year's stinker? Well, let me tell you this: if Oregon loses to Auburn and they the Pac-12 gets left out of a college football final four again i think you can put us dead in the water for recruiting to be quite honest well there's going to be heck to pay heck i tell you all right coming up next it is the segment that is just spreading across the country it's the fastest moving segment in america it's caught on like wildfire yes we're going to tell you what to watch right here on the center and the saint on portland sports leader 1080 the fan which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore Showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080 The Fan. All right, What to Watch is brought to you by Encore Audio Video. If you're like Luke, a dumb guy wanting to know more about smart homes, learn more in their showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Andy, this is a segment where if you didn't listen to the opener, like I kind of felt like you probably didn't, um, it is a segment about what people should watch this weekend the timbers game that's what ryan actually p1 ryan said on the better you today text line 8 p.m fox 12 plus oh wait hold on a second they're on fox 12 plus correct okay that should actually just prove my argument <laughs> it does. they're on fox 12 plus at 8 p.m do on you, a saturday do you not know what 12 plus is yeah, it's the uh, ancillary station they used to put all the stuff. It's literally a secondary station they made to put just really bad TV on and have more ad space. 
So oh, but the Timbers games are on it. So too. the Timbers games on there on a Saturday at eight. By the way. <laughs> anyway. So Andy's going to watch the Timbers game. I am going to wake myself up early as all heck and watch the men's single for the Wimbledon men's single. That's Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer. Um, I, in the back of my mind, already know who's going to win. It's probably going to be Djokovic because Federer kind of spent himself beating Nadal in the semifinals. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Every single time a... Grand Slam final happens. I kind of just have to watch it. I I, I, lo- I love Grand Slam tennis, dude. At Wimbledon, especially. Yeah. Well, the grass makes it uh, the court a lot faster. This is Federer's. I don't know. You know, he's going for number twenty-two in terms of uh, Grand Slams, and so you want to see him win that. He's thirty-seven years old right now, so you got to think that the dude has got to retire at some point. So in sports. That is what I'm going to watch. The second part of this segment, Andy, is what we say we're going to watch outside of sports. Is there anything on TV or anything local news or events that you want to watch and see? I started watching Animal Kingdom on Amazon last night. Great show. Kind of reminds me of Bloodline. It's a story about a boy whose mom dies from a drug overdose and was forced to live with his aunt's crime family. Um, great show. What if... I'm watching that. Who, yeah. who does the Bloodline star? It stars the coach from Friday Night Lights. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton? Uh, no. The Oh, uh, you mean the television show? Yeah, the television show. Oh, yeah, I know that guy, but I don't know his name. Yeah. Um, I'm watching that. And then, oh, and then I'm also watching Aziz, the new Aziz Anazari special on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. You've seen it? Uh, no, I just saw it being... Then it's uh, out. Yeah, it's yeah. out. Yeah, so um, apparently he addresses the allegations of sexual misconduct against him in the new special, so I'm um, interested to see what he says about that. Yeah, that was kind of interesting, that whole uh, saga that he had, because it wasn't necessary. I don't know. You don't want to come out there and be like, he didn't do it, but the way you read the article, it's kind of like, well, I don't know. It's blurry. It's, it's a blurry subject. Um, it's not like Epstein. It's 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 blurry. What are you planning to watch this weekend, Will? I got a, a Handmaid's Tale to catch up on. Oh, nice. When you are what? they releasing the new ones each week? Well, yeah, that's how Hulu does it. Yeah, but when do the new oh, ones Wednesdays. come out? They come out Wednesdays. Yeah, I missed okay. mine on Wednesday. You're one behind. Me and the fiancé are going to be watching that. Um, you know, that show, if anybody is following it, I swear there's nothing good going on ever. Like everybody in this next or this season right now just seems like they're being tortured constantly. It like I I'm waiting for something positive to happen because usually in the last two seasons something good happened. No, nothing good is happening in this season. It sucks. I know it is. It's a tough show to watch. I gave up on it during the middle of the second season because why? Because you hate women. No, will because it wasn't particularly uplifting. Because there wasn't a man in it. Well, there's plenty of men in Hands Made Stale. Was that the only good part for you? <laughs> I refuse to accept <laughs> your arguments. They're not arguments. They're facts. Trust me. Right? Um, are there other shows you're watching, or does your fiancé just dictate your television programming? She dictates it, especially okay. during the week. Okay. So um, you don't get to pick? Well, because... Actually, it's not so much that she dictates it. It's that she 
got me on to her wavelength of shows to watch. Okay. And now I actually enjoy them. What are other shows you guys watch together? Like Teen Mom. Teen Mom. Dude, Teen Mom's great. What you else? gotta get yourself on some Teen Mom. What else? That and 600 Pound Life. 600 Pound Life. I'd encourage you to try a new show this weekend. Like a Netflix? Yeah. Find out if there's something you like out there. Are you much on the YouTube? Way too much on the YouTube. Well, you're on the YouTube. Have you watched like Saturday Night Live uh, bits on there a lot, right? And Alex Jones. <laughs> you don't watch Alex I think he got kicked that's off YouTube. I, that's how I fall asleep at night is Alex Jones videos. What is going on in your head? Jeez, that you need Alex Jones to calm down? Conspiracy theories is what's going on in my head. The one thing I do love about Alex Jones is the fact that he finances everything with like his man, his man products. <laughs> yes, yes, the Alex Jones text line. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's it's always products that are like they're supposed to boost your madness, and they're always like really like they're they're content woven. That's a, that's a buzzword in marketing, content woven ads. So it's like right in the middle of news, he'll just start talking about how to boost your testosterone. Well, he knows his audience, and he knows that it's a bunch of men that don't feel like they're enough, feel like something's missing in their life, so they have to find other angry men to tell them what to think. See, I think you've caught on finally to the theme of sports radio. Ooh, what a way to tie the show up. <laughs> Ouch. Hey, man, that is. Well, I appreciate you having me on, man. Second annual. I'm looking forward to making this a tradition. It will be a tradition next year, and it'll come faster than you think. It's called the Beaver Brothers. The Beaver Brothers Broadcast. We'll be at the McDonald's on 82nd later this afternoon if anybody wants to stop by. We'll be signing autographs. It's not a it's not a fan-sanctioned event, by the way. Oh, no, no, no. no it's no, no. not. Nope. This, is a, this is our side gig. Totally impromptu. Will will be having the fish fillet. Luke's back next week from Texas. Thank y'all for listening. A good afternoon to you. You know, I'm going to watch Norbit. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.